I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions and day three of our look through Mark chapter two. We're going to focus on verses 13 to 17 today and a great story of something that Jesus did in somebody's life. Everyone in Jesus's day hated tax collectors. Levi was a tax collector. Jesus loved Levi. That's the incredible story. In fact, even as we get into this story today, you might be asking yourself throughout this next few minutes, who is there in my life that everyone hates that Jesus can give me the power to love? Because that's exactly what Jesus does here. Listen to verses 13 to 14. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Here's Jesus walking along, teaching. The rabbis in that day often taught that way. They didn't necessarily go into a building with a bunch of seats and teach everyone. They would often walk and teach at the same time. He's still in Capernaum. And you might remember that Israel at this time is split up into Roman provinces. And Capernaum is on the border going from one of those provinces into another. So it was a place where you had to stop and pay taxes and customs. And the tax collectors in those days were Jewish men who were working for the occupying Roman government. You, you could become rich by being a tax collector, but it was at the expense of all of your countrymen hating you because you were working for an occupying government and you were getting rich because of it. And not only that, but when they collected taxes, they were allowed to collect what was needed, but they could also collect more than what was needed and make themselves rich. And they, they essentially, because of the power of the Roman government, could ask for almost whatever they wanted. And so people were being cheated out of their money also. And all that contributed to this hatred of tax collectors. The Romans used tax collectors. The Jews hated tax collectors. In fact, in the end, the only friends that a tax collector had were other tax collectors. And one of these collectors is named Levi. By the way, he's also named Matthew. And yes, that's the Matthew who wrote the Gospel of Matthew. Put yourself in Levi in Matthew's place as Jesus walks by this day. As deep as his need was, as much as he might have known even about Jesus, he's a tax collector. Jesus wouldn't want anything to do with him. He knew that Jesus would reject him. Everyone else did. And yet Jesus walks by and he sees Matthew and he says to him, follow me. Now listen to that call, follow me. That's the call in my life and your life today. Those are the two words that are at the center, to be at the center of my life, my schedule, my day. What am I gonna do today? The details of the schedule might be different, but the decision of the day is always to be the same. Follow me. That's the call that Jesus gave to Matthew. And Matthew followed. Now, this is the first time that Matthew had met Jesus, but it's probably not the first time he'd heard of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus was well known. And Matthew had probably been thinking about what it might mean in his life. Probably been thinking that he would never qualify as one to follow Jesus. Jesus walks up and says, follow me. And Matthew follows. And I want you to realize what a radical decision this was. Matthew literally left everything to follow Jesus. His only job was a tax collector. Once he left that booth, the Roman government would never hire him again. He'd left his job. And because he was hated by all of his countrymen, no one else would hire him. 
When, when Peter and Andrew left their nets, their fishing business to follow Jesus, they could have decided to go back to that fishing business. When Matthew left that tax collector's booth and he said, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, he literally had nowhere else to go from that point in his life. It was complete. It was total. It was abandoned. It was even ridiculous trust in Jesus Christ. He gave it all in that very moment. It was not the smart decision from a business perspective, and Matthew was a businessman. He was burning all of his bridges. It wasn't the smart decision, but it was the eternally right decision. Matthew, in that moment, in that day, he gave up everything, and he received the things that he was certain he would never have. By giving up everything, he gained true friends. Not only the other disciples, but also all the servants of God that he served all his life. By giving up everything, he gained genuine honor. This man who was disparaged and hated in all of the land becomes one of the writers of one of the Gospels. And today we look at Matthew and honor him for his faith. And by giving up everything, the good life that he could have had in that world with his riches, he gained eternal life. Sometimes God asks us to do that, to literally give up everything. And when we do, when we have that kind of faith, the kind of reward that came into Matthew's life comes into our life. After Matthew decided to follow Jesus, he decides to throw a party for him. And he invites all of his friends, all the other tax collectors. And so Jesus goes to this party with what the Bible calls tax collectors and sinners. It's mirroring the language of that day. Now, a sinner in that day was a person who did not follow the Jewish law to the full. You could tell by the way a person dressed. They're a sinner. They're not following the law to the full. You could tell by the kind of work they were engaged in. They're a sinner. They're not following the law to the full. You could recognize in society just as you walked along, sinner, not sinner, sinner, not sinner. Jesus is invited to this party with sinners and tax collectors. Listen to what happened, verses 15 to 17. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. What's going on here? What is Jesus talking about in this last verse that I just read? I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. He's talking about self-righteous people, the kind of people who were accusing him here, that the righteous people that in this day were saying he's doing the wrong thing. Remember that so-called righteous people, rabbis and teachers like Jesus, in that day they were not even supposed to associate with these sinners. Their holiness could be stained even by being in the presence of these tax collectors and sinners. And so Jesus is being challenged. Why would he even be with people like this? Now, let me just say as an aside before we finish this story, doesn't the Bible say to be careful as believers about who, who we surround ourselves with? Aren't we supposed to associate with the right kind of people? Well, remember that the Bible particularly warns us about being around other believers who are not trying to follow Jesus and that that is dangerous because of my fellowship with another believer. If they've decided they're not going to follow Jesus, that can be very dangerous in my life. It will have a greater influence on my life as a believer. But this idea 
that I can somehow wall myself off from an unholy world and it will make me holy. It didn't work in the days of the monks and the monasteries. It doesn't work today. That's why Jesus said we're to be in the world but not of the world. Jesus realized he could be with these people and show them the good news. And so when he's challenged about this, Jesus says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I've come to call not the righteous but sinners. He's talking about people who think they're righteous. He's talking about people who think they're healthy. If I think I'm healthy, there's no way I'm going to a doctor's office. I don't like going to a doctor's office. It's uncomfortable going to a doctor's office. I have to admit that I'm sick to go to a doctor's office. If I think I'm healthy, I'm not going to a doctor's office. If I think I'm spiritually healthy, if I think I've got it all together in myself, I do all the right things, I'm not going to Jesus. I'm not going to trust him. If, if I think I'm righteous in myself, righteous means I've got a right relationship with God. I've got a right relationship with others. I'm doing the right deeds in my life. If I think I've got it all lined up right in my life, I'm not going to Jesus. I don't need to trust in him. I've got it all figured out myself. If I don't realize I'm sick, I can never be cured. If I don't realize I'm a sinner, I can never be forgiven. So the question here is where, where do I have, where do you have in your life a deep, deep need of Jesus? And where do you need to admit that need? Admit, at that point in my life, I am sick. At that point in my life, I need his healing. It might be something about a temptation in your life. It might be at some point of a relationship in your life. It might have to do with a judgmental, critical spirit in your life. It might have to do with holding God's will at bay in your life. Where do you need to admit that you have a deep, deep need of Jesus, that you're sick, that you're in need of healing? And then I just want to ask one more question before we pray. Jesus went to this party with tax collectors and sinners, with people who didn't know him. He, he was around people who needed to get to know him. And if people in our world today are going to get to know Jesus Christ, they need to be around believers. They need to see the fresh, new, joyful faith that we have. So my other question is this. What invitation to what party do you need to accept? Um, not one that would put you in a place where you would be tempted to do the wrong thing. But is there some party you need to go to where you realize, I'm not like those people. I may even feel a little uncomfortable around those people, but they've invited me, and I'm going to go because I want to be in a place where people can see what Jesus can do in a person's life. And even if I feel a little uncomfortable, my prayer is that the joy will shine through. Let's talk to God for a few minutes. Lord, show us what invitations we need to accept and help us to go to those parties so people can see the light of who you are. And Lord, show us where we're sick and in need of healing. And instead of hiding it, pretending that it's not there, help us to come to you. You are the great physician. You are willing to heal. Heal our hearts, heal our pains, heal our sins. God, help us to come to you. We ask this, Jesus, in your name. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to be looking together at verses 18 to 22.